Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Years is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. Don't forget to check out our newest show at the MedEd Media Network, the Shortcoat Podcast, put on by the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. Go check out everything that they have to offer at theshortcoat.com. This is the pre-med year, session number 224. Hello and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the pre-med years. As I said in the beginning, my name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I am your host here at the pre-med years, where we share stories, encouragement, information for you, the pre-med, to help guide you on your journey to getting into medical school. If you haven't checked out some of our newest podcasts, go to mededmedia.com, that's M-E-D-E-D, media.com, or search for MedEd Media in your podcast app, the one hopefully that you're listening to this podcast through. That's the best way to get these podcasts to you every week is subscribe on your phone or other device so that you don't miss an episode ever. This week, I have an amazing story of a teen mom who is now a physician. I first learned about her as uh, somebody had posted in our hangout, the medical school pre-med hangout. Go check that out if you're not in there. It's a Facebook group. It has over 2,000 members in it, and it's super collaborative, super friendly, and an awesome, awesome group. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group to find out more on how you can join that group. It's as easy as clicking join. So I, I learned about Dr. Lopez's story from that group. Somebody had shared a post that the University of California, LA, UCLA had posted about her and a couple other graduates from their medical school. And I reached out to UCLA and was able to connect with Dr. Lopez. And she is going to share her story with us. Rebecca, thanks for joining me on the Pre-Med Years. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. When did you know you wanted to be a doctor? 
I think as early as I can remember, you know, when I was a little girl, I had aspirations. Um, I remember being really fascinated by science. What does that mean? It, we always hear when when I do students with doing mock interviews, like I love science and I love helping people, so I wanted to be a doctor. How did you? How do you take that love of science and go? Yes, doctor. That's what I want to be, physician. Well, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of a funny story. When I was in, I think it was fifth grade, and they showed you the movie about, you know, how your body changes. And I was completely fascinated. I, I just couldn't get enough of that movie. I was, I think, um, more into it than the rest of my classmates. <laughs> and I didn't realize it at the time, that, <laughs> but, you know, it stuck with me. And... Um, you know, I, I did enjoy helping people. I didn't realize that at the time either. I, uh, you know, I had a rather challenging childhood and I um, ended up becoming a mom at a very young age when I was a teenager. And that was kind of a, um, you know, both a, a, I don't want to call it a setback, but it, it changed the course of things. But it also, in retrospect, inspired me to become a doctor later on. So you talked watching this movie and and seeing body changes and going that's really cool what happens to people did you have anybody in your life that was in healthcare or around healthcare somebody that you could look up to a mentor to to kind of guide you on that path well my mom is a, was a dentist um and that was kind of the only exposure to healthcare that i had but it was it wasn't really a big part of, um, you know, when I was growing up, it was, and I didn't really know anyone in the field. It was kind of a, a mystical kind of, uh, career aspiration for me. Cause I really didn't know anyone that, that, you know, I had no idea to, how to get from point A to point B. So how did you figure that out? Well, uh, after I, you know, went through a lot of life things and, had children and uh, decided to go back to school. I started at community college and I got tapped into one of, um, very early on there, I got tapped into one of the um, uh, career path pipeline programs there and um, just took it from there. I had someone to really guide me every, literally every semester, sit down with me and tell me what, you know, what I should be doing and, and opportunities that were, you know, going to be helpful for me. So you you had your first child at 14, correct? Uh, 15, 15, just after I turned 15. Okay, mm -hmm. so 15, I'm assuming unplanned, which yeah. uh, at, at 14, 15 is, is usually not planned. How do you, at, at that point, you're interested in being a doctor. When you have your child... And obviously, having a child is a life changing moment. Did you think at that point there's there, there's no chance I can become a doctor? I'll have to figure out something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sadly, I did. You know, I thought these dreams that I had were, you know, they were going to be a big challenge to begin with. But once I had my daughter, I thought, oh my gosh, this is impossible. I need to look into what else I can do and still be a mother. And, um, you know, that was 
definitely something I, I had to put um, kind of in, on the back burner. Were you thinking about other health-related fields or were you just thinking about something that would work with your lifestyle of having a child at, the, at that point? Both. Um, I actually uh, graduated from um, high school and I, I took a medical assisting course and I worked in that, you know, as a medical assistant very briefly. Um, and uh, I was definitely always fascinated by helping people with, you know, science and their bodies. And, um, but yeah, that's what I did for a, while, a little while. What was the, the spark that you finally threw up your hands and said, okay, I, I give in, I, I need to be a doctor? Well, it was, um, I ended up getting a divorce. I went through a very, very challenging relationship um, with my children's father. And I was, you know, once I got out of that relationship, I felt liberated, I felt empowered. And I felt like I needed to at least try to reach my potential that I knew I had in me. Um, So I I started very small, went back to community college and um, just took it from there. You know, I was very fortunate to have the mentors that I needed at community college to be able to help me get to the next step and then the next step and then eventually medical school. A lot of pre-meds that I talk to or, or medical students or even physicians at this point that have had rocky starts to their path similar to yours have talked about meeting resistance along the way going back to school and talking to those advisors and and the advisors saying look you have you have multiple kids and you're you're older there's no chance that, that, that you should think about something else did you ever meet that sort of resistance oh my goodness i did and it was such a turning point for me i was uh in i was in my sophomore year of college at community college and I went to a summer program that was for pre-medical, pre-dental students. And the advisor there, this is a surprising source of my resistance, but the advisor there, you know, she said, and I know she meant no harm, but she said, maybe we should think about a, a, you know, a plan B for you. And I was crushed. I thought, I, you know, no one believes in me and I can't do this. And I really had to do some soul searching and, and pick myself back up and, and, and push forward. And I'm so glad that I did because I could have just given up at that point. I think a lot of people do give up at that point. What, what type of soul searching did you do? Who did you reach out to for to, to lean on for support? Um, my best friend. She's great. She always gives me the best advice. And she said, you have to put this into context and think this person doesn't know all of you. She knows, you know, one part of you and she doesn't know, you know, the late nights that you stay up studying, the homework you do with your kids and then you do homework yourself and she doesn't know the whole story. So don't let that one um, person set you back from your dreams. Yeah. Was, was her advice or (laughs) poor poor advice, uh, was her advice based on like facts, like poor grades or any issues that you had as a student or was it just looking at you as a mom? I think it was just the mom, the mom aspect. You know, I, I, I looked her and she said, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yeah, is, you know, it was kind of a big question, I guess. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm a mom of three. I have this big dream that I want to accomplish. Is this, is this unreasonable? And I just, at that 
point in time, I just needed a little confirmation and I didn't get it. So it was, you know, it was quite a blow, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I had other people in my life to, to help me along. You started off at community college. Did anybody talk to you or did you do any research about how that may hurt your chances of getting into medical school? Um, fortunately, I didn't. <laughs> I just, um, you know, I, I had a friend at the time that um, was going to, to that community college and she said, come on, let's take some classes. You know, whatever it is you want to do, let's just take some classes. And, um, you know, I just started from there. And so by the time I had heard any kind of anything about medical school and, you know, in relation to community college, I was already in deep and I had great resources there. The class sizes are, you know, very intimate. And I think that, you know, it's a great option for people for, you know, it's not for everyone, but I think it's a great option that people um, really don't um, explore enough, I think. Yeah, I I would agree. I I don't personally agree with the information out there that that community college hurts your chances. There maybe there's one or two medical schools that may look down on you, but but who cares about those two schools? There's plenty of other schools to choose from, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got into a, a really good medical school, so <laughs> Yeah. They they must have not thought too badly of it. So you you go through community college, uh, uh, I'm assuming pre-med the whole time wanting to to go down this path, how did you choose transferring from the community college to going to a four-year university to get your actual bachelor's degree? Well, I had a goal in mind and, um, you know, community college could only get me so far. It took a, it did a lot for my, um, my goal, but it wasn't, I wasn't able to complete it there. So, um, yeah, I worked really hard to to maintain a very good GPA. I did some um, student government there and um, leadership roles there and was able to uh, carry that on over to university. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of bittersweet, but you know, I, I, it's something that I needed to do at that point and I'm glad I did. How many kids do you have at this point? I have three kids. Okay. And you had three in, in community college as well? Yes. So I had all of them by the time I started. Three kids mm-hmm. going to community college. I'm assuming working as well. Uh-huh. How long did it take you to finish those community college courses so that you could move on to the, the university? Well, it took about three and a half years. Normally, it would take, I think, you know, full-time Someone could do it probably in two years, but for me, it took a little longer because of all of those um, other circumstances that you mentioned. Okay. It's three and a half years. You're, you're trucking along, and then you, you transfer to a university, and you meet new advisors and new people. Transferring to that university, again, having to retell your story to advisors, did you at that point get any more pushback? Um, I wouldn't say pushback, but I was kind of, um, it, I didn't have as, as great of resources. I don't think that I had at community college. I, it, you know, there, you go from a very small pond to a great big ocean of 
students and there were just, you know, I went to classroom sizes with hundreds of students. So I think um, I had to really <laughs> find my way there. And, um, you know, I had a couple of um, advisors in my department that did help me along, but um, I did not get pushback, I'd say. I really did get a lot of encouragement there. Was there any huge uh, setback, or not setbacks, not the right word, was there, were there any obstacles going from community college to university in terms of how you studied, the amount of preparation for tests, just just differences between community college classes and university classes? Oh, definitely. Um, for one, everything was graded on a curve, so I wasn't really used to that, but um, that I had to really adjust my, um, my the way I studied. And furthermore, I was I was commuting a lot further from um, to the, my new school, and I had to really factor that in, and um, you know, factor that in with being a mom and coming home and cooking dinner and doing all the other things that I needed to do. But it definitely I had to um, to adjust my the intensity of my studies for sure. It became a lot more intense and a lot more was on the line there at, at, at university. The pre-med path for many people is lonely and stressful and terrifying and all kinds of other adjectives. Having three kids at home working and trying to take classes to fulfill this dream at any point along the way, did you question why you were doing this? Um, I did. You know, there were occasions where I, you know, I um, really had to reevaluate why I was doing things and um, was it worth all of it? And, you know, I, I had to, again, deep down, deep, dig deep down and do, you know, do soul searching, but also having my friends who were also pre-med and reaching out to them, studying with them, even if we weren't on the same page, you know, in coursework, just, you know, having that network around me kept me going. And I'm so glad that I had that, you know, that, that resource for me because I needed it. I really needed that. And I, I would strongly advise anyone, you know, trying to reach a big goal like that to, to really surround yourself with people that are like-minded and, and even if it's just one person that you study with regularly, I, I strongly advise to do that. That's great advice. And something I, I preach on this podcast is collaboration, not competition. How, mm-hmm. did, how did you find those, those friends and those classmates that you could study with? Because usually pre-meds are very competitive, unfortunately, and and don't want to help other people. How did you find classmates that were willing to to help out and and be part of a study group? Um, I found my resources through um, student government um, and also through uh, clubs, different clubs on campuses uh, on the different campuses I went to. Um, like there was one that was a biology and chemistry club, um, another one that was a pre med club, and I think people be, let their guard down more in the club setting than just if you're sitting next to them in class and we were able to collaborate and, um, you know, find ways to study together. And I even, my best friend, she's, um, she's a fourth year medical student now and she has three kids also. So we um, have always powered our, our, each other through this journey together. 
the mom club. I like it. The, the mom. mom club. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go to university. You have a great group around you. Talk about applying to medical schools and being a mom, having three kids, and thinking about where you wanted to go to school. How did you factor in your family with where you applied to school? Um, I definitely applied locally um, because of the fact that, you know, moving my kids to another state was going to be a big change for us. However, I did apply a few places out of state um, just to keep my options open. And um, that's something I had to, to really consider. And I sat got my kids down and talked to them about the whole process that I was going through and the competitiveness of it. And, you know, they were not, you know, too pleased with it, but they did understand and, you know, were, were supporting me in my goal. Um, how, old were yeah, your, that, how old were your kids going through the application process? Oh, let's see. Um, one was, I believe she was 14 or 15. That was my oldest. And um, then it was uh, about eight and four, I'd say. Maybe a little bit older. <laughs> I can't okay. remember exactly, okay. but yeah. I did sit my older ones down and talk to them about it. Yeah, because it, it would affect them the most with their, their social uh, surroundings and, and all their friends. Yeah, so that makes definitely. sense. Mm-hmm. You, during your, your applications and in, in your interviews, what sort of questions would you get along the way during your interviews that, that would question your ability as, as a mom to go through medical school? Oh, um, I definitely got the question about how are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle the, the rigorous demands of medical school? and have children. So I had to explain, you know, my home situation and that I had um, a family member to help me with juggling my kids and, um, you know, their schedules and everything. And, um, but yeah, I, I definitely had to have that question, that answer prepared for my interviews. Cause I, and I knew that it was going to come up often and it's a reasonable question. You know, they want to make sure that, um, that you have all of the, you have all of the challenges, um, in a really realistic perspective. How did you how did you set up that support? Obviously, knowing how rigorous medical school is and having three kids at home, how did you how did you structure your life so that you would have those resources so your kids had that support? Well, um I had my sister fortunately came to live with me um right before medical school started. So um, she was my support system at home um, when I couldn't be there. Um, but I definitely made an effort to be home to cook dinner when I could and um, study with my kids and help them with their homework and you know do all the things that I could. But I couldn't have done it without um, family resources. What was the biggest challenge for you as a medical student? The biggest challenge for me, um, well, I think anyone that gets through the pre-med um, coursework and into medical school already has the self-discipline part down. So that was 
a challenge that it, it, it doesn't change in medical school. For me personally, it was just, um, you know, dealing with a lot of issues that I think a lot of parents deal with, a lot of working parents deal with, is not being able to be there for every single moment of your kid's life. Um, so, and I, I term it mom guilt. And, um, you know, I had to really um, put things into perspective and, you know, remember the things that I am doing with my kids and the efforts that I do make for my kids. And so for me as a parent, that was my biggest challenge. And, you know, it's, a, it's still something I struggle with. But I think, again, a lot of single parents do, do struggle with that. And that's just something that we, we have to deal with. Now, I don't think it's a single parent thing either. I, th- I think it hits harder for single parents. But even I know with with my wife uh, working full time as a physician, she still has mom guilt missing things. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard being a professional and and working, especially uh, obviously going to school full time and and studying full time as a as a side job. Um, yeah. What? How did your kids? take it how did how did they respond to to mom now being a medical student well uh so going through it they were uh, the two older ones at least were teenagers and my youngest is preteen um they won't say how cool they think it is <laughs> but it was really rewarding when when i hear them tell other people how proud they are of me and and um, how inspirational it is for them you know but they won't say it directly to me <laughs> Of course, Par- <laughs> parents are not supposed to be cool. That's yeah, that that's, would be way uncool for them to tell me that. <laughs> that's all right. So, but they're very supportive. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think I read somewhere that your oldest is kind of on the pre-med path now as well. It's actually my my middle one. She's a, a student um, at university now. She's her, in her freshman year. And um, yeah, she's um, even in high school. She really um, took an interest in medical, um, everything medical, and um, she's uh, she's on that path now, pre-med path. Do you recommend that path to your kids, having gone through it and, and just kind of in the heat of it now? Absolutely. I think, you know, and especially with my kids, they've seen the, you know, the, the challenges that come along with it, but it's so rewarding. You know, I, I make it a point to tell them stories about, you know, the, the, the positive things that, you know, if I see a patient and what happened and, um, you know, they, they are definitely in tune with, um, with the challenges, but also the rewards of it. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone that wants to pursue that, but you have to, I think you have to want it for the right reasons. Yeah. So I asked you earlier what the, the biggest challenge has been what has been the most rewarding thing about going back to school and pushing yourself and and now having graduated medical school and are our resident? Oh, the most rewarding thing is number one, just being able to say that I pursued what I thought to be my potential and and succeeded at that. But also, I. I feel that it's my, I know it's cliche, but it's my calling. I feel that, you know, I really ha- can have a positive impact on um, patients' lives. And, um, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm living my dream job right now. What do you hope to be doing in the future? Well, I want to, um, you know, definitely practice as a physician. But I have, um, I have hopes of 
running some sort of center for teenage parents. I did a project in medical school um, that gave me a taste of that, but I, I definitely want to have a resource center for the healthcare needs and also the educational needs of um, teenage parents because I think people give up on their dreams way too early and I want to be able to be that mentor that I needed at that time to help me pursue my dreams. Yeah, I think that's a great aspiration and, and definitely something that's that's needed. As as we wrap up here, what last words of wisdom do you have for for a, a teen mom or even a teen dad out there that has possibly given up on their dream of becoming a physician but is still listening to this podcast with with thoughts of maybe there's there's still a chance? I would definitely advise that to not give up, that your potential is there, that you have to tap into it and not give up and realize that there are so many resources and there's and it's growing every day, the number of resources there are out there to help you reach your potential, to help you to, to succeed in anything that you, it is you want to do. All right. Again, that was Dr. Lopez sharing her journey from teen mom to now being a physician, which is awesome. And there are so many stories like this. We told, obviously, Anna's story back in uh, 218. If you haven't listened to that one yet, Anna shared an amazing story coming from El Salvador and working through all the struggles that she had. Uh, You can listen to that at medicalschoolhq.net slash 218. But I think what you need to take away from this and everybody else's story is that if this is your dream, if this is what you are shooting for, then nothing can stop you. There are no excuses. And I know you're sitting there thinking, but but my situation's different. Let me just tell you it's not. There, It's not different. Everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own demons. Everybody has their own roadblocks. If this is what you want, figure out a way to do it. All right. With that said, I want to thank a couple of people that have left us ratings and reviews in iTunes. The first one here from EMT2MD says, best pre-med resource. As a 28-year-old pre-med, it can often be overwhelming trying to finish my bachelor's while completing all the necessary steps to apply to medical school as well as live life. Listening to this podcast during my commute or between classes not only provides great advice for pre-meds, but also serves as a regular reminder that it can be done. Yes, exactly what I was saying. So thankful to Dr. Gray for this podcast, as well as the Specialty Stories and Old Pre-Meds podcasts as well. Yes, and don't forget the MCAT podcast. Thank you, EMT to MD, for that review. We have another one here from Mattia Fox that says, listen to this in all capital letters. This podcast has made such a difference in my life. It presents so much necessary information and has transformed my pre-med path. Awesome. Thank you for that review. And we have one more here from Elijah NDRA, something like that. It says, wow, life-changing podcast. This extraordinary podcast has given me a new perspective and has answered so many questions I didn't even know I had. After listening to episode 218 about the super non-trad, that's the one about Anna I was just mentioning, I feel a newly found focus and energy in pursuing my medical school dreams. 
I listen to an episode, whether it's old, uh, new or old, every day. I will be attending the UCF Medical School Symposium to try and get my hands on even more information and resources. I am so excited to be able to get the chance to meet Dr. Gray. Yes, so I got to meet uh, this poster, Alejandra, and had a great time meeting with her. She even won a copy of my book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview, which if you haven't purchased yet, you should check it out on Amazon. It will be out by the time you're listening to this for Kindle, for Apple iBooks, for your Nook. The ebook versions will be out everywhere. So again, go check those out if you're listening to this and you haven't purchased the book. I want to take a second and thank Next Step Test Prep for their continued support of the medical school headquarters. If you are in the midst of beginning or in the middle of studying for the MCAT, go check out nextsteptestprep.com. They are known for their one-on-one tutoring, which if I had to do it all over again, I would choose one-on-one tutoring instead of sitting in a classroom being taught the same information that I've already learned. I need that one-on-one tutoring, or I would have loved that one-on-one tutoring to help me identify my specific weaknesses, to help coach me through those weaknesses so that I can learn how to better perform on the MCAT. That's what Next Step Test Prep is known for. But they're also getting into the online course world with their newest course, the MCAT class, and you can save some money by using the code MSHQ on their tutoring. Uh, You can save on tutoring, you can save on their class, you can save on their full-length practice exams. Anything that you buy through Next Step, use the code MSHQ, save some money. Let me tell you a little bit more about that class. You have access to five days a week live online office hours. You get more material than the other test prep company classes, and it's cheaper. How can you argue that? So go check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Again, use the code MSHQ to save some money. I want to thank everybody that left the ratings and reviews. You, if you want to do that, you can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes to do so. I would love for you to just share this podcast with your friends, with your neighbors, with your colleagues, with your classmates, with your advisors. Go take their phone, give it back to them, but take it for a second, subscribe to the podcast, show them how, and give it back to them. Every new listener is a new opportunity to change the future of medicine. I hope you have a great week, and don't forget to join us next week here at the Pre-Med Years and the Medical School Headquarters. (laughs) 